Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Movie Night with Bands. It's me, your host, Radham. Um, real quick, before I do jump in, we do have What Makes Sense. Is my band is a new song that will be dropping, actually, uh, the day we release this episode, featuring my new friend, Rick or Treat, who is the drummer of San Diego-based horror punk band, The Riders. And he's here today to talk about uh, one of his favorite movies with me. So, Rick, why don't you take this moment to introduce yourself, introduce the Riders, and we'll get going from there. Cool. Uh, again, thanks for having me. Um, my name is Rick Retreat. I am the drummer of horror punkabilly death rock and roll band The Riders out of San Diego. Um, if, if you see pictures of us on the Internet, you'll definitely be able to tell it's us because we are those uh, ghouls with the pink um, and all of our uh, imagery. Um, I'm also the sit-in drummer for the Our Frankenstein mini tour coming up in August. Um, yeah, like Radham was saying, I'm really stoked to talk about one of my favorite movies, a goofy movie. Dude, I was so excited when you said it, because like uh, you're like, we're going to talk about the best movie. And I was like, that's a very, very loaded statement, but let's see what he <laughs> says. And you're like, it's the goofy movie. And I said taken done let's do this so you're now our first animated movie you're one of the most classic animated movies um uh, director has made some of the best you know disney movies of that era and mm. not to mention the biggest elephant in the room that everybody's waiting to talk about Powerline with some of the most iconic music of a generation hell yeah uh, you know what's funny is i think um a goofy movie didn't get as much or doesn't get as much credit um, as I think it deserves, I feel like that's like a millennial staple, right? Um, I was I was watching that movie on repeat as a child, so oh, um, same. definitely one of the best. Especially too, like I grew up an action sports kid, mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. obviously I loved the first movie, then but then they made the second one where they go to college and they do like the X Games. And yeah, the games. I was like so into it, so I I would watch both like religiously. <laughs> yeah. For for me, it was it was that. I mean, I had I had a few different ones, but those two were definitely on repeat. Um, I I I feel like um, you know I I know everyone talks about the Disney Renaissance, right? Um, but for me, a lot of my favorite movies didn't necessarily come out of what you would consider the Disney Renaissance. Maybe if you can consider like Toy Story part of that. But my favorite movies were the ones that were at the tail end that didn't do as well, like. You know, a, a goofy movie, I feel like, doesn't get, get as much credit. Tarzan was one of my favorites. Mulan was one of my favorites, right? But I don't think people care about those as much. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of a kind of shame. Which is funny, too, because if you look at that time frame, like, Tarzan, who's also directed by the same director, which is uh, Kevin mm-hmm. Kevin Lima, Tarzan mm-hmm. had all of the music done by Phil Collins and is one of the most iconic and movie soundtracks. Yeah. And then you got the Goofy movie with Powerline. I mean, two of the most iconic songs. So the guy uh-huh. did the soundtracks for sure. Yeah, totally. Well, and that was it was cool because the power the singer um, was Tevin Campbell, and that was Prince's protege. Um, and I don't think I don't even think he was credited as Powerline up until more recently. Um, I, I, I want to assume, or at least based on the things that I've gathered, I think there was, uh, maybe some legal disputes on that end, but just think, just conceptualize that, right? You got like Prince's main, like, you know, kid being in this movie, playing a character that's based off of very clearly based off of Prince and Michael Jackson. Like, yeah, I, I, I love this movie. I think it's, I think it's so good. And I think the, um, dynamic of 
Max and Goofy's relationship is is so well done, um, especially considering this movie came out of uh, a goof goof troop, the the TV show when Max was still just supposed to be a little kid. Yeah, and I they switched voice actors too. It went from uh, mm-hmm. Dana Hall to uh, Jason Marsden. Marsden, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason yeah. they did that is because they wanted mm-hmm. they wanted Max to sound older for yeah. Like, because he was supposed to be older in this. And I thought it was interesting too, because here's a kid's movie, right? Like a mm-hmm. straight up kid's movie, but yet they touch on being like a preteen, like perfectly. Like being yeah, like 13. Yeah, totally. You're like going from, no dad, I don't want to go on vacation with you. I want to go impress this girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's funny because they, um, like you said, they hit, a, they hit on all the notes and they do that adolescent angst so well. Right. And, you know, if you really look into the the um, the plot in itself is on paper, you know, really deconstructed as like Goofy doesn't listen. Max doesn't know how to talk to his dad. Right. But that's a lot of teenagers experience. Right. And it's so yeah. it's so it's so ubiquitous. Right. Um, and, and a little comment on the uh, the the actor, the voice actor. Um, there's a thing in Orange County called Creep It Real OC, and uh, the writers actually played it last year. It was pretty cool. This year, they have the a few of the cast members from Hocus Pocus. Well, who played Binks the Cat? Jason Marsden. So I'm like, oh, I need to go to this thing because Max Goop is going to be there. <laughs> you know, it's funny, too. Like, this movie had a legendary voice cast. Like, you had... Yeah. You have David Farmer, who was, or excuse me, not David Farmer, Bill Farmer, who was like the voice of Goofy since I think like the early 80s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then you have Jason Marsden who came in. You have Jim Cummings, who's Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, and now Pete, like mm-hmm. very iconic voice actor. You have oh, Rob. He did, he did Pete too. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he's Pete. And then you have uh, Rob Paulson, who's like one of the most iconic voice actors, especially of like this generation. Uh-huh. Like, there's like, not a lot he didn't do pinky in the brain uh-huh. and a maniac he's on fairly odd parents and then um paulie shore of course oh yeah i was gonna say you have to include like, paulie shore but but he's uncredited in this role he's not it's weird he's he's um credited in uh, uh, an extremely goofy movie because he's a, a more you know important character but like the lines that he delivers in this movie i will repeat on a regular oh dude like he's so like his lines are like some of the most iconic parts of this movie it really is he's in it for all of maybe three to five minutes <laughs> yeah totally so good so yeah i think that goes to show right just the power of like a good i don't know even even if those things may have been um i don't know if those things were scripted for Polly shore or if there was just him you know throwing things out there but you know delivery you know the the script just the direction of like the animation just uh done so well right oh yeah i mean like leaning tower cheats like let's take a kid's movie in pre-teens and insert poly shore like that's and just let him be poly shore let him say crazy things My, my favorite line is um he's like um you almost done with that bobby and he he pulls up his mask and he's like don't give me that attitude, Max. I'm doing it all for you. And he throws it back on and goes back to torching the things. And I'm like, oh, dude, that's so great. That's, yeah, like it's so Polly Shore. Like that's like, it's like a line straight up in Cino Man. So yeah, for real, for real. 
I'm doing this for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even change it. He, he he is the weasel, you know, like it doesn't even it doesn't matter which character, he's the weasel, even even in animated form, right? hundred percent. So we kind of talked about the movie a, a yeah. little bit here. So I think uh I don't really think we need to go into breaking down a goofy movie. Mm-hmm. Um for those of you who don't know a goofy movie, like like Rick said here, it was a goof troop follow-up. Um it was about Max and Goofy's uh adolescent year well goofy raising max who's adolescent years in the little plot background um max trying to push a girl and also go to a concert for power line tevin campbell and then mm-hmm. goofy's trying to take max on a summer vacation to reconnect with his son and then in the end of the movie they reconnect and not in a way that anybody expected and with power line we got into kind of a little bit of background of definitely why uh you 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 know your knowledge about the movie, which I do like. But what what got you? What got you like really watch it for the first time and really kind of made it your favorite movie? Oh, see, I, and that I don't know. If I can say I was so young. Um, when did this movie come out? In what like ninety? I'd say like ninety eight, right? Oh, uh, earlier um, than that, it was actually so ninety five. Ninety five. Wow. So I was three years old when this movie came out. I remember. So so I can't. I, I don't know exactly why I started watching it is probably something that just like here, you know, turn on the TV and watch it on VHS. Right. Um, but I remember uh, really distinctly, you know, watching it with my sisters growing up. And again, it was one of those, one of the like handful of movies that I just had playing constantly. I don't know. I, I, I think it's, again, it's the, the characters. It was the, the music, right. Um, that, that musical aspect is, I, I think, you know, big, in general, right, but also important to me. It gets something to, you know, you have something to, to latch on to, you know, I think. And then now as I get older, I think it, you know, uh, plays into that, that nostalgia of just having grown up and watched it so so often and being able to revisit it now as an adult with, like, Disney Plus and, and whatever. Um, again, it's cool to see it getting a little bit more of the credit that I think it deserves for our generation, because I think back in like, I'm trying to think about it in like middle school and high school, it wasn't, no one really knew about it. I don't think a lot of people I knew watched it growing up. Yeah, it was definitely. So we're, we're the same age. I was also mm-hmm. three, uh, two, uh, two or three in 95. So mm-hmm. um, the late nineties, like early two thousands, were interesting because it's like, I know like for like me and like my friends, like I would go home and watch a goofy movie, but I didn't go mm-hmm. to school the next day and be like, dude, I watched a goofy movie last night and loved it. Like I was going home to school the next day and be like, yeah, I watched American Pie last night. Like <laughs> that was like our generation, sure. I feel. Cause that was like, everybody's sure. like, oh, you want to watch a goofy movie? What are you a kid? What are you a child? And then mm-hmm. it's like, but now at 30, I'll, I'll go watch that over American Pie and day of the week. But uh, oh, yeah. I think that also played a lot into it, too. Like, I feel like more people were watching it, just not talking about it. Sure, sure. And I, I think um, you were saying you, you were appreciating the, uh, the, the, some of the knowledge that I have on it. But, like, now that it's maybe more of a nostalgia piece, I think more people are open to talk about it. And they're like, you know, I've watched, like, um, video essays about, like, the, the uh, relationship of max and goofy and you know the sort of the father and son dynamic and how like there's a lot of um like uh connection that like um you know the like bipoc community connects to for this and this reason it's just like really interesting seeing all of that come out of you know again this sort of kids movie that no one really cared about 
came out, right? Yeah, and it's it's such it's an interesting aspect too, because like we were saying a little bit earlier, you know, again, a kids movie, and mm-hmm. at the same time, like it's not a kids movie, so like right. And I think when we were young watching it, that never registers. I think a lot of the jokes, a lot of like what the movie was really saying, what it was doing was like over mm-hmm. our heads. So then when we went mm-hmm. back and we watched it when we were older, we started understanding it more. It's like, wow, this is actually like a really good movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then again, you can't you can't forget to mention the uh, the again, the the voice cast like. They just did such a good job in the, the direction that it was going. Like, like I said, there's a lot of quotable moments in that movie. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that along with the rest, right, is is a big piece to it because there's certain things that like, you know, my sister and I would say the sort of like, um, <laughs> can you move back, Mr. Foot? You're out of focus. Right. When Goofy's like, we're cam- I got his camcorder on Bigfoot, like just dumb stuff like that. Or I'll, I'll even now I'll say like, um, strange, you know, strange wilderness, dude. I, I don't think anybody understands what I'm saying, what I'm referencing when I say that, but that's, you know, they got there, they got to the campsite. PJ's like strange wilderness, dude, you know, like, you know, um, I don't know. It's just got a lot of, a lot of nostalgia behind it for me, you know? Yeah. I love that. I like that. Sometimes it's all it needs to be a favorite movie is that it just mm-hmm. brings you back to a, a time that's just simpler relaxing yeah. you know it's yeah, like it's, that's, what you, that's what you want a favorite movie is like that comfort feel you know what mm-hmm. i mean and that's not to say like a comfort movie and a favorite movie need to be the same but like sure it's when they when they are the same like i think it just makes it that much better sure i think you know admittedly i was i was struggling to decide what movie would be worth talking about you know i've considered fight club my favorite movie for years right and i'm like Okay, but it but is it like but is it a comfort movie like you're talking about, right? So I'm like, okay, well, I also love horror movies. My favorite horror movie is The Collector. But do I feel like talking about The Collector? There's only so much to go into that movie, right? I'm like, okay, another a quotable movie, a comfort movie, Mortal Kombat, the movie. I'm like, well, if I'm if I'm basing it off of things that I can quote, a Goofy movie, that's something that I will. Mortal Kombat and the Goofy movie are two movies, and I know they're not similar at all, but like two movies that I can watch all the time any day and and like have it on in the background and just like quote the movie while it's happening doing something else um so it was it was sort of you know like you said it it it, they don't have to be the same all of the time um as far as comfort and favorite but it's good when they're you know connected that way and i think a goofy movie while maybe not my not usually considered like my favorite movie it's like wait a minute that's like definitely top definitely like top three I mean, at the moment, I'd say it's like us talking about it's like, yeah, that actually might be my favorite movie, you know? Yeah. So I I now have in my head and I got to ask, what do you think Goofy would be like his like finisher move would be in like one? (laughs) Um Oh, he's got to be doing the uh, the perfect cast. Uh, It's got to be like, like, it's got to be. That's like the perfect cast. He like rips out your spine with it or yeah, something. Yeah, he, he would just be using uh like scorpion spear or something. Like he'd do the dance move, throw the spear, and it would like, you know, take it, take the the head with it, you know. And then the head comes off and he goes, Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's standing there covered in blood. <laughs> That'd be so funny. That <laughs> uh, would be funny. The power it's line. Like, Powerline oh starts playing God. in the background. Yeah, right. <laughs> or, or, or like, um, 
it'd be like the scene from extremely goofy movie where they go dancing and it's like uh like the disco scene he just starts dancing <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't i oh, hope man. i hope somebody with better capabilities than i do like finds a way to put goofy into mortal Kombat. <laughs> hey, hey man they started putting um warner brothers put shaggy in like a um because you know there was like that meme about yeah, super yeah. shaggy yeah they put him um in like a mortal Kombat cartoon movie as like a weird little beginning of the movie easter egg where he like legitimately has powers and like grabs scorpion and sucks him in through the wb logo um so hey man anything's possible at this point right that's i guess so so has this movie like really like affected your life at all? Like, is it affected like a ch- any choices you made, or is it inspired any of the music that you play and write? Which, being what you do musically, I'm gonna sure. be very surprised on how how uh, if, how and if. Sure. So I do have a lot of love for like '90s R&B, so I'm sure that that probably helps in in that realm. And as far as like my playing style. Um, cause I've, I've done various different types of bands and, um, you know, for me, I, I typically try and wear my influences on my sleeve, so to speak, and like the, the way that I play. And, um, yeah, I've been told in the past that I do have like a hip hop vibe in certain aspects. Right. Um, so maybe that's impacted it that way. I think more than the musical aspect um, I think it's maybe been impactful in the, my day job. Like I, uh, uh, for, for the listeners, I, w- I was telling Radham that I'm a, a therapist, um, like, like shrink therapist, right? And, um, you know, when I first started the job, I wanted to work with teenagers. And so like, I feel like maybe that had some impact on like doing that because this movie is about like, now I look at it through that lens too of like Goofy and Max connecting, right? Um, so again, it maybe it wasn't super impactful on my, my musician side, but probably on the therapist side, at least a little bit. That's pretty cool. I, that's, that's, not, that's not where I expected you to go with that, to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, but it's cool because um, we, we had been touching on that throughout the uh throughout the episode here and mm-hmm. i had uh, another guest on his name shane he's in a band from um connecticut called say what you will and he's a mm-hmm. history teacher and we did forrest gump for him and he's oh, like cool. i use this i use this in all of my classes for teaching history and how anyone could live through history kind of deal and he said it also too was my favorite movie as a kid growing up it inspired me to be a history teacher so uh. And like that one's a little bit, you know, obviously Forrest Gump in history, you know, a little bit more than this, sure. a little bit more. But like, I love to hear things come together like that because it's mm-hmm. like a, almost like a subliminal thing that like mm-hmm. looking back, like did this inspire me to want to work with teenagers one day? Because I love this movie so much and I watch it so much and I know mm-hmm. it so well. Like, this, did that inspire me to be, uh, you know, in this case, a therapist? Right. And it's it's interesting because I I feel like. You know, we, I made the joke earlier about, um, you know, off, off camera, right, um, about sort of therapist by day, musician by night, right? We were talking about that. And I don't particularly think those things are, like, so vastly different, right? Like, there's a, a layer there's a of creativity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, a layer of creativity that goes into both of them. So, again, it might be more subliminal that this impacted either of them. 
but I, I, I feel like things are sort of interconnected that way, right? Um, that my interest in the arts uh, maybe stems from, again, watching these cartoons, right? Watching these movies growing up in some way it impacted that too, you know? Because actually when I was younger, I wanted to be a, I, I, I wasn't saying like a cartoonist, I wanted to be like an illustrator for, for books right when i was really young and you know what what inspires that it's reading books and watching cartoons you know yeah so i i would say uh, a binge watching a, a goofy movie and other disney movies probably helped that as well you know right and then like you know obviously you mentioned you know tevin campbell prince protege mm -hmm. and your love for r&b so i'm gonna go on a limb and say I, I think i can draw that connection too here so yeah yeah totally i would i would definitely say i would i would say it's probably there there's an easy um connection between like Powerline and then like usher's confessions in like the mid 2000s right like it was it was that to there and then the stuff you know the yeah. stuff now right <laughs> so how did how did you end up getting into the punk scene then from all of this so when i was long story short um i got into like rock music growing up from like my dad listening to kiss and my older sister listening to lincoln park um and i'm a huge fan of lincoln park and i got into sort of that sort of heavier rock stuff that was playing when we were younger and high school was like hard rock from that sort of style, right? New metal, things like that, to uh, like the MySpace bands, you know, um, As Blood Runs Black, Kill Whitney Dead, um, uh, Winds of Plague, Amur. So I was really into um, that stuff. And then, so I was in a band, I like, I had more or less started learning how to play the drums. So I started playing in bands like immediately, like I've taken like three lessons. All right, cool. I can play one fill. Let's start a band, right? And um, that led to a band with a buddy of mine that um, it was supposed to be like an Alisana sort of like really uh, emo screamo band, right? And uh, fast forward like two or two years from then, that band, the, the singer and the guitarist um, got into punk. So they got into punk. The group that I started hanging out with in high school uh, like the, the the rockers at school also were into punk. So from like two different angles, they were sort of, they were, you know, kind of feeding me music, right? And um, from there, it was like AFI and the Misfits. And like, you know, then I got into sort of the psychobilly part, Tiger Army and Necromantics, et cetera, right? And um, yeah, I think that all sort of culminated there. And I started playing in, with with those two guys we started playing in a punk band together you know we were covering the misfits we were covering descendants etc and uh yeah from from there it went you know it was like punk and then um shortly after that it was i got into like agrotech industrial so then i found myself in more of the goth thing and joined a death rock band and uh, so I still have love for like all of these different genres. I, I had like a metalcore band as well. Um, somehow this kind of, the writers sprang out of uh, like as a side project with, with a singer, Robert. Uh, we, you know, went back and forth. He had these ideas, we went back and forth and figured out how to make it happen. I was throwing a show for my old metalcore band. 
And I was like, okay, I need one more band on it. And he's like, how long do I have for us to fit for me to figure out a band? And I'm like, I'll give you until Thanksgiving because the show was in December. And, uh, you know, he asked me to be the drummer. So I was like their temporary drummer for a show or two. And then I ended up just being the permanent drummer. Um, and I'm, I, I label myself as second banana in the band. Like he's the, the, the creative force behind it, but I'm like, Hey dude, like get this shit done because like nothing's happening right now. You need to like, we need to do stuff. So I'm like, you know, that guy. And, uh, yeah, we're like both the sort of creative and business drive for the band right now. Uh, I know that was maybe a long, a long winded answer, but that was sort of the, the trajectory, right? You go from like, yeah. you know, MySpace metalcore to punk rock and you know all all that's in between. See, that's that's really cool. I like hearing how um, as you got older, you know, starting from this palette of liking like R and B, you know, like like Oscar's Confessions and obviously a Goofy movie, you know, uh, Tevin Tevin Campbell and everything, and then from there growing into finding all of these different hosts of music through life. And it's like almost like going through the phases of life and finding different things and playing so many different things and then getting to where you are now. I think that's really amazing. And I love to hear that this movie like really kind of pushed you down a path of music in general with your love, you know, R and B it pushed you down a path of a career, even in a way, Mm. you know, Mm whether whether it was known or subliminal it's really amazing and that's why i love movies it's why i love talking to people about movies and i love these moments where people are like yeah i guess it did really kind of get that ball that belt going yeah yeah totally I, I it's funny because i i feel like that's what i appreciated about the concept of this podcast right like wow that's that's cool like i i can only imagine how interesting people's connection to things uh, like their favorite movie can be, especially, you know, other musicians who are like inherently creative and connected to, at least I'd like to think, right, connected to those things, right, connected to art and and, and maybe the deeper meaning in, uh, in those mediums, right? Exactly. And it's, you know, it's like they say, so as, as every, every, every medium of art, inspires a different medium of art right so like mm-hmm. music can inspire movies movies can inspire music writing mm-hmm. writing writing inspires both mm-hmm. um art inspires writing writing movies and music can inspire art i mean they all right. like it all just goes like hand in hand and it's really really amazing and i i love i love like getting be- i love i love being able to sit and like really pick apart with people how they made those connections Mm-hmm. which is one of the things too i love about doing this podcast because it um one i love movies and one and music and uh, music obviously but uh it's just really cool to kind of see how like people's perceptions are different and how they make a connection of a favorite movie my music and where i'm at in my life i love sure that. yeah um, yeah definitely i i agree i like i like being able to you know one of my one of my favorite things about being on a podcast is just being able to like chat about stuff because it's like so connective you know yeah Um, being able to connect to the most of the time it's in like a musician's capacity right so it's like that the musical community is just so i don't know it's uh it's rewarding you know yeah it really is and it's 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 funny too because obviously in every community there's toxicity and there's people who don't want to be part of a community but the music community on a whole as a whole i feel like is a very inclusive community Mm -hmm. you know um case in point you know we're both 
different mediums of punk, but we're both punk bands. And here we are talking mm-hmm. about movies, you know, you, yeah, live exactly. in, you live in California. I'm sitting here in New York and we're talking about movies in music, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a cool medium like that. Cause maybe we would not have had this conversation if it wasn't for the podcast. Maybe we, you know, you wouldn't know what makes sense. And I might not know the writers without mm-hmm. this podcast and our love for movies. So joys yeah, of podcast, joys of music and joys of movies. Hell yeah. I think this is a good spot to, to kind of, kind of reel things in. Sure. And um, so why don't, why don't you tell me a little bit of anything you have coming up with the riders, you know, any social handles you want to shout out anywhere to listen to the music. And also yeah, you, were mentioning, yeah. you were mentioning um, our Frankenstein, you know, you want to bring up that tour a little bit for sure. Um, love to hear about it all. Sure. So the uh, most immediate thing is that our Frankenstein tour, it's the uh, hyper cult mini tour. They are, winding down the album cycle so it's uh august 4th through the 6th is going to be vegas glendale arizona and san diego california and then on the 19th is going to be in downey california as the final show of this album cycle and um it's particularly uh i think interesting for me because they're also introducing a new song that comes out the Actually, I think it it comes out on Friday. Um, So there's a new track on that you can pre-save on Spotify called uh, Illuminate. That's going to drop on Friday. Um, That's for like the fans of uh, Typo Negative and um, without any particular um, shadiness, Marilyn Manson. Right. Um, So for for fans of that, check out that track. Um, You know, like I said, Al Frankenstein is going to be promoting the hyper cult album for sort of the last time before they uh, put out their next one. Um, As far as the writers go, we do have a split with our friends from San Diego called butt candy. Um, It's a two song split called get swamped. And so we have a track on it called uh, drown in the swamp. And um, yeah, we, Don't have a release date yet, but the plan is for that to also be um, our next single. Um, So it'll it'll drop as a split in a cassette form. And then we will drop the single along with a few uh, fun things that I don't know if I'm privy to mention uh, yet. And then we also just wrapped up our next EP, which is a mini EP called Bug Stuff. And that's a four song EP and it's uh, hopefully gonna be released next year. We've been sitting on those songs for a little while, so I'm hoping it'll be next year. Uh, but you know, uh, who knows what can happen in the world, right? Uh, yeah, so that's what we have planned for the writers. I think the goal is also to get a few more shows under our belt this year and, um, hopefully begin putting out some new merch, if not late this year, early next year. So I, 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 we have ideas. It's just getting them to happen, you know? Oh, hell yeah. No, I, I, it's, it's the joys of being in a band is figuring Mm -hmm. out, I have to do this stuff. I'm going to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. When's it going to happen though? (laughs) It's like, when are we going to make it happen? Um, But I love that. And I love to hear that. I love to hear that you're busy. I love to hear that. The Riders are busy. I love to hear that our Frankenstein is busy. And I love to hear that you're keeping busy. Also, real quick, too, this drops on Thursday, 7.20. So for everybody listening, um, my band, What Makes Sense, also dropped a new song today called 7.20 with a video. 
Um, in the video, you can see three movie posters to bring it all home. Uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Sunset Boulevard to Catch a Thief. Go watch all three. And you better be around tomorrow to hear that new R. Frankenstein single and think about some Rick or Treat because he's here. He's talking about a goofy movie and he's been amazing. And be sure to also go check out The Riders as well. Rick, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for talking a goofy movie with me and just make it for a fun night. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Um, I, I, I'm just going to reiterate what you just said. Check out that new song that Radham is putting out because I've heard a little snippet from Instagram. It sounds sweet. Well, thank so, you. So uh, yeah, man. Um, really digging that vibe that you're putting out there. So, uh, you know, it's been it's been awesome. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm excited to hear that. I'm excited for this new this new chapter for us. And I'm excited to hear that people are really digging it. So and one more little plug, just to make sure you guys check out the accompanying movie night with bands playlist. I put every guest band up on there. So you'll be able to find the riders and you'll also be able to find some more Frankenstein. So uh, Rick, again, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you.